Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and we are continuing in this series of Kingdom Money Principles. You guys know I love talking about this, and uh, we're, we're continuing in a theme that I've, I've, I've hit a couple of these topics. I've been diving into this for, man, the past few months, and I think... I think I've boiled this down to four real principles, kingdom principles that uh, is really w- what I'm I'm in the process of writing a book, a series of books on right now on ownership. So these are the four principles here that that we're talking about. We're going to be continually talking about here uh, the principle of ownership, in which God owns everything. The principle of stewardship, meaning money is a tool. So we're going to dive into that today. The principle of worship. And I talked about tithing on last week's episode. If you haven't listened to that yet, I really encourage you to to dive into that. Tithing can be a form of worship. And then the principle of kingship. And kingship, essentially, we're going to dive heavily into the topic of sowing and reaping. And uh, I think I'll have a few episodes on the principle of kingship. But today, we are talking about money. Uh, We are talking about specifically how money is a tool. And if we think about this, I mean— Money is money is on the top of everybody's mind, right? We we work for money, we we save money, we spend money, we we tithe money, we give money, we stress over money. Okay, some people live for money, and as heck, some people would even die for money. And this is why I think this is such a huge topic that we need to discuss. I mean, the Bible has a ton to say about money, and for good reason, right? Money has a very powerful way of exposing our hearts and ultimately our our priorities. And if you guys have heard me talk about this at all, you know that I am a firm, firm believer that money only makes us more of who we already are, right? It, It really exposes our heart. Whether we have an abundance of it and we give it and we we bless others or or whether we're we have lack, right? We never seem to have enough of it. It truly exposes who we are, our, our heart's disposition toward it, and ultimately our heart's disposition toward God, right? Who or what are, are we truly trusting in in that given situation? Now, sometimes we get we get stressed out about it, or maybe even if you're married, one of you may have a a complete peace about money while the other is always worried about it. And it causes that continual stress on your relationship. And I get it. No matter what the situation is though, how we respond to that, that idea or the just an understanding of money, well, again, whether it's in abundance or it's in scarcity, how we respond to it is, is the great magnifier of our heart. Okay. And ultimately when we break it down as believers, Okay, because I, you know, I speak through this podcast as I, I'm speaking to believers. Not every one of you is, I'm sure of it. But I, I hope some of these concepts and principles really start to maybe open your eyes to how you can operate within these principles because they work every single time. Okay, and as as believers, though, when I'm speaking to believers, we see money. What it really, really boils down to is a matter of loyalty. Okay, we've we've talked about this in the past. Matthew six twenty four. It says, "No one can serve two masters. You're either going to hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one or, and despise the other. But you cannot serve both God and money, or some versions will say Mammon." And as Christians, we we need to understand how to love God rather than money. 
okay? Because the love of money, we've talked about this, is is the roots of, of all kinds of evils. And so if we can understand how we can serve God and then ultimately make money serve us, that's really what we're going to dive into amongst multiple other topics about how money is a tool. Okay, I did a, a podcast a while back. I don't know if you guys listened to that, but I opened it with this this phrase of money answers everything. And the first reaction that a lot of Christians typically give is is like, uh, what? I mean, that can't be, right? Like how selfish, and, or they think that that's outside of biblical values. But really, it's a direct quote in, in the Bible from Ecclesiastes. It is a direct quote that money answers everything. Now, you got to understand the context of that, but money, I mean, it's an essential thing to life. So, to desire money isn't necessarily a selfish thing. It's a necessary thing. Okay. It all boils down to our heart's disposition when it really boils down to it. And for those that say, oh, I'm not, I don't care about money or I don't need money. I mean, even if all you ever wanted to do was just walk the streets and, and evangelize, which doesn't take a lot of money, but you still need money to eat, right? You need provision for food, for clothing, for shelter. You still need money. And and I believe God really wants us to have money for for three basic fundamental reasons. Number one is to fund kingdom work. Okay? It says to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. That takes money. Right? Number two, to provide well for your household. Okay? That's your job. To take care of your family. Okay? It's not the government's job or anybody else's. God has called you to work and provide for yourself. And then the third one would be certainly to subdue the earth, okay, to have dominion on the earth. And as Christians, we should, I feel like I will go to my grave saying this, but we should be controlling most of the resources on this earth. We have a, we have an, an advantage that we just haven't tapped into or or fully understood these kingdom principles of what it means to actually have this authority on this earth. Okay, so we are to subdue the earth, to have dominion to have rule and reign over the earth. Okay, that's what we're called to do with it as citizens of the kingdom. And why partly why I'm so passionate about this this topic and really ultimately the kingdom economy, okay? If I mean we have the ability to control circumstances in our life. Okay, and understanding where we're sowing our money, who we're sowing it into, knowing that it is a tool. Okay, and if we have been given the authority to to have it serve us, and we've been given that spiritual advantage to have it serve us, so we should be going about this with an intention unlike any other. Okay, at the core of it, again, money is a tool. Okay, it's a it's a medium of exchange. It's an it's an agreed upon item that we can use to purchase things, right? Or trade for something. We can pay off debt with it. Money is created. It's a piece of paper, if you think about this, okay? And they're printing a heck of a lot of it right now. But the, the use of money makes it, it easier to, when we're talking about like trading or bartering for things, what we do is we, we use a piece of paper, we put a value on it instead of saying, hey, I'll trade, uh, I'll swap you my, my pet French bulldog for uh, a box of cereal or whatever it is, right? A medium of exchange case, okay? but the value in itself then is certainly not the piece of paper. It's the value that we attach to it, what it can do for us. 
Okay, it's not the piece of paper itself, but it's what that piece of paper can do for us. How can it serve us? Okay, so one thing here I want you guys to get very, very clear about money. What I need you to know on this is money doesn't care about right or wrong. Money doesn't care about you. Money doesn't have a life. It cannot act on its own. It can't do good deeds or bad deeds. Okay, it cannot commit crimes. So it's it's neither good nor bad. And nowhere, no matter how the how many Bible verses there are on money, which there's a lot, okay, money can only do what we tell it to do. Money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil, all kinds of evil. Okay, so if the concept of money is that simple, doesn't have a power emanating from its like core drawing us to it, then why do we stress over money so much? Why do we do this? Why does the church talk? Well, depending upon which church, some churches talk so often about it, and there's some that forbid about talking about it, right? And the the Bible, again, has over 2,000 scriptures on money, wealth, tithing, possessions, twice as many verses about money, wealth, possessions in the Bible than on faith and prayer combined. And most people think, man, when I think of Christianity or I think the word of the God, they think of prayer or, or faith, like we said, but heck, twice as much money, possessions, wealth is talked about. So if it's, if it's important to God, I got to believe it's got to be important for us to grasp this and understand why this is so important for us to operate within these kingdom principles, okay? The heart of the matter is money it certainly can become something that rules our lives, an idol of sort, right? God's desire for us is to have life to the full. And he knows that worshiping money is ultimately going to keep us from that. So I believe that's partly why he talks about it so much within the, the Bible, but also then there's key principles on how we can make it serve us. Okay. Some, some churches will immediately go to one end of the spectrum and say that money is bad. And if you have money, you must be a, you know, greedy, you must be a bad person. And then others will be on the complete other side of the spectrum of, you know, glorifying it. Okay. The, the prosperity gospel. Okay. And I'm, again, I'm not talking about either, or I'm talking about the gospel when we're diving into this year. Okay. One of the things that I've noticed is going back to the, these, the churches that usually are on one side or the other, the ones that usually shun the idea of, of talking about money are, are usually the ones whose, you know, members are working 80 hours a week to earn every dollar that they possibly can. Okay. And they're the ones like believing for their miracle. I'm just believing for my miracle. Right, playing the lottery, waiting for uh, a publisher's clearinghouse to show up on their doorstep. I actually don't even know if, if that's a real thing anymore, but you guys know what I mean, right? What they're doing is they're, they're loving money in their poverty rather than focusing on, on, on the, the spiritual role of, of what money and actually even work can do or how that plays in the manifestation of, of God's blessings in our lives. Okay, and for those that say that money is not important, this, is, this actually gets me, gets me going. You ever meet somebody that just says money's not important to them? Okay, here's a, here's a real simple question just to ask them. And I'll just let me ask you this, because this may be some of you listening to this right now. If you have a daughter and someone is going to ask, because I have a, I have Ellie, she's 10 years old right now. And when the time comes for a gentleman to ask for her hand in marriage, what's probably one of the first thing that's going to pop into my mind? 
Or what's one of the first things that's going to pop into your mind? What are you going to ask? Well, how are you going to take care of her? Okay, so if you, if you think money's not important, stop fooling yourself. Okay, it's important. But it, again, it comes back to our heart's disposition towards it. There's lots of reasons, but there's probably a couple good reasons on this episode what I want to dive into and why I believe we need to talk about it is that, again, God talks a lot about it. I mean, there's crazy statistics here. I'll share a few of these with you guys. Uh, 16 out of 38 of Jesus's parables deal with money and possessions. 16 out of 38. 25% of, of Jesus's words in the New Testament deal with biblical stewardship. Okay, this is, again, comes back to money is a tool. And then one out of 10 verses in the Gospels actually deals with money or possessions. One out of 10. That's crazy. Okay, so th- there's, a, there's a lot to be said about this. And I want to make this, I was going to say simple, but I want to make this as easy to understand as possible for you guys to really start to operate within these kingdom money principles. Okay, when it comes to money, we are either going to we're either going to worship wealth, we're either going to worship wealth itself, or we're going to worship with our wealth. Okay, I'm going to say that again because I screwed that up for you guys. But when it comes to money, we will either worship wealth or we will worship with our wealth. Okay, there's a big difference between the two there. Now, I believe that that God really desires our, our devotion, and he knows that we're going to come face-to-face with the temptation of, of loving money. Okay, and, that, and that's really why he speaks so often about it. And knowing that, money, money itself may be immoral, okay? Or it doesn't care about you, but it's, it's our attachment to it and, and our worship of money that usually will lead us into sin and, and ultimately making poor decisions, okay? I've been there, I've done it. So my mission here is to prevent others from going down that path as well. Okay, so I know that God wants us to understand this here. And there's, there's kingdom principles and how it works, how we can make it a tool in our own lives. Okay, because most of us are operating in the world, okay, in worldly principles. We're, we're not utilizing these kingdom principles that we're, that we're discussing here over this series. Okay, and, and when we're, we're operating in these worldly principles, we're, we're grinding, we're hustling, we're struggling. It's like we just can't ever get ahead. Or when we do, then something happens, right? The, the car breaks down, the furnace goes out, whatever it is. And so it's just like this, this constant desire for this fleeting resource. What I want us to understand here is that our perspective, your perspective of money is in direct correlation with how you view God. And I want you to really understand this or sit with that. Okay, our perspective of money is in direct correlation to how we view God. Hey guys, if you're digging this content and you'd like to be a part of our community of kingdom entrepreneurs, then text the word KING to 727-472-3860. We host virtual and in-person get-togethers with the focus of building community to advance the kingdom through wealth creation and financial stewardship. So if you're looking for this type of tribe and the resources to do so, then step into your true calling by texting the word KING to 727-472-3860.
And so I want to dive into the parable of the talents here. I'll, I'll read this. I think it is important to, to really read this with you guys. So I'm in Matthew 25. I'm going to read this out of the New King James Version here. Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. So, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Okay, I love it. For the kingdom of heaven is like, there's so many references to that. Now, into one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Key, key point there that I'm going to bring out, each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. He who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he had received two, gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of the servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Okay, remember how I started this. Your perspective of money is in direct correlation with how you view God. Okay, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered him and said, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received my own with interest. Therefore, take that talent from him, give it to him who has 10 talents for to everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast that unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right. Lot to unpack here. I'm going to do my best here with you guys. So first off, how does God decide our ability Okay, if you remember, it said God gave each according to their ability. So one got five, one got two, and one got one. And I believe that our ability is dependent on three things. Okay, if you're taking notes, write this down here. There's three things. And one, number one, it is our availability. Okay, are we making ourselves available to God? Okay, number two is going to be responsibility. Are we are we willing to take on the responsibility to steward what he's given us. Okay. And then ultimately accountability. Okay. So availability, responsibility, and accountability is what makes up our ability. Okay. Some of us don't make ourselves available. Okay. We, we sit around inside. We don't want to talk to people. We don't want to get out of our comfort zone. Okay. Some of us don't want the responsibility. So we, we refuse to say yes. We don't take any sorts of risks and pursue opportunities. And then some of us don't want the accountability right? Like we don't want to be accountable for something back to risk even. Like, I don't know. I don't want to be accountable to how I'm going to put this to use. Okay. And if we're not willing to take on that availability, that responsibility and the accountability, 
then God ain't going to give us the ability to do so. Okay, there's nothing more than I want for one day than God to look down upon me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Imagine what that day will be like. Imagine that. Man, okay, so back to the three servants. There's one, there's two, and there's five. Okay, why did the servant who received one talent just bury it? Why did he just bury it? I'm going to read this quick again. It said, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. And I was afraid. Okay, I'm not going to read on. You guys can look back and reference that. But his perspective of God, remember, his perspective, our perspective of of money is in direct correlation with our perspective of God. Okay, so because of his perspective, he thought God was a hard man. His perspective wasn't even of, of, of jealousy. Okay. He, his perspective was just like, I've got this one. So I, I don't want to even lose this because I, I, I don't want to take on the responsibility. I don't want to take on the accountability for this. He could have focused on what the other person got when he got five, the other person got two. It could have been like, well, I only got one, right? He didn't even do that. His focus was on his perspective of God being a hard man. Okay. And I know this is for someone listening to this right now. So listen up to this. The perspective that you have of God empowers the best of you or the worst of you. Okay. Listen to this, guys. The perspective that you have of God empowers the best or the worst of you. Your perspective determines how well your life is going to go. That's That can be a hard swallow for some of us. Your perspective determines how life is going to go for you. Some of us stop doing what we can do because we focus on what we can't do. Okay, Or, or maybe we think that what, what we can do won't make that big of a difference. But with God, all things are possible. We know that. His perspective was, I didn't do anything because of how you are. It wasn't ownership. It wasn't responsibility. I didn't do it because of how you are. Rather than putting what he had to use, he found a reason not to work. Okay, so you can find a reason to do anything or to not do anything. Okay, it it comes down to perspective. So he found a reason not to work and not to multiply. And God said, you wicked and lazy servant. He took it from him, gave it to those that were accountable, that were responsible, and that made themselves available to the situation. That's how the kingdom works, guys. And I want to be so crystal clear on this. The amounts do not matter. One, two, five does not matter. What matters is the responsibility. Okay, the amounts don't matter, but they were willing to be responsible, to be accountable for this. Okay, when you take responsibility for what you can do, you've stepped into a realm of, of possibility. That could be beyond money. That could be picking up a piece of trash. That could be putting something back on the correct shelf when you're shopping and you ultimately decided not to get something. Okay, are you going to take it back to the proper shelf or are you just going to put it down? Responsibility is a maturity muscle. Okay, and maturity means to grow. So again, 
how do we get God to give us according to our ability? Okay, it's take responsibility, become accountable to someone, and that will increase your ability. Okay, God is not concerned about how much you give. He wants to know you are responsible with what you have. It's about being a good steward. It's about using money as a tool. Can God trust you with much? How are you stewarding now? If God can trust you with the little, he can then trust you with the much. If he can't trust you with the little, he certainly isn't going to trust you with much. God gives according to our ability. Okay, and another thing about the servant who got the one, right, is this is really what gets me is if you just think about this, he wasn't playing to win. He was not playing to win. He wasn't concerned about what he could do. He was only concerned about what he could lose. Perspective. Mindset is everything, guys. So I have to ask you this. Are you playing not to lose or are you playing to win? Are you playing not to lose or are you playing to win? Because winners focus on what they can do. Okay, and God rewards our efforts with more of his goods, his riches. God does not supply our needs according to our needs, but according to his riches. Okay, so many of us focus on our needs and not on what we can do. Okay, your needs are not a problem for God. His riches are your solution. So what we need to do is to is to look to God as being the one who owns it all, right? The principle of ownership, the master, the Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Instead, we come to God with our needs. If we come to God with our needs and we're viewing him as a hard man, he's going to look down and say, well, how are you handling what you have now? How are you handling what you have now? Okay, Luke 16, 11 says this, therefore, if you have been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, Okay, and mammon, again, was, is really the, the power that we give money. If, if you are faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Unrighteous mammon. The Bible says that, that we cannot serve both God and money. Okay, or in the New King James Version, they call it mammon. And mammon is the spirit of the world as it relates to money. Okay, as I said, just the, the power that we give it. Okay, not on the way that God relates to it, but a spirit of the way the world relates to it. And so many of us are operating in the world system of money, not God's system. Okay, but hear me when I say this. It is a system. It's a spiritual kingdom principle. It's a system. It starts with the tithe. Okay, absolutely starts with worship, the tithe. Okay, which we talked about last week. And if you have not listened to that episode, make sure you do so and then come back and listen to this one. Okay, because God wants you to live by faith, not by fear. In any of our components of life, it doesn't just have to be money that we're talking about, but God wants us to live by faith and not by fear. So when you let go of what you view as yours, which is not yours, okay, but what you view of it as yours, God will let go of what is his for you. If you acknowledge him, if you honor him, Okay, and, and how do we, sometimes it's easy to say these words, but how do we actually do this? Okay, if we look at, back at the parable of the guy with five, okay, that guy with five said that he came and he brought five more. The one with two delivered to him. 
Okay, they're, they're actionable words that, that they brought to him. Okay, and then the one that had received the one talent came and said, right? If I mean, if look back on the scripture here. Said he didn't actually bring anything. He didn't came and brought like the guy with five, or he didn't deliver like the guy with two. He didn't bring anything. He didn't deliver anything except an excuse. And this is what it was. I knew you to be a hard man, so I buried it. And he said, it's basically, he said, it's over there. I hid it for you. And how did he respond? Therefore, take that talent from him and give it to him. Give it to the one who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast that unprofitable servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Guys, this is a kingdom principle. It's a spiritual law that we're talking about here, that money is a tool. Okay, we have to put it to use for us. The four principles that that we talked about here, these kingdom money principles, ownership, God owns everything. Stewardship, money is a tool. Okay, we have to understand that. If we know that God owns everything and that's our heart's disposition, we're worshiping by tithing, then we can move into the next principle of kingship, true sowing and reaping. We may go a few weeks on this concept of sowing and reaping and how it works as a kingdom principle right here, right now. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Hey guys, if you're digging our content and want more, then join our community at joinkingscouncil.com or simply text the word KING to 727-472-3860.